Welcome back to the Sphere series here at the Database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. You are listening to week six, the week of Yisod. And it's hard to believe we've made it this quickly already, but uh, here we are. And the Mida, or the Sphere of Yisod, literally means foundation. And as we always do, we're going to try, even though we are sort of breaking through and crossing over into the uh, mystical, Kabbalistic territory, we're going to try to understand this sphere as a mida that we can apply to ourselves and to promote our own spiritual growth um, in a grounded way in which we could understand the concept in its most basic terms. So what exactly is this mida of Yesod? How do we apply it? What, what, what is the tikkun here? So... In broader Kabbalistic strokes, even though we haven't focused so much on this in the past for the previous spheros, but apparently all the spheros, they correspond to different parts of the body. And the, the sphera of Yesod, which corresponds, um, at least when it comes to the individual, uh, individual roim, the seven shepherds of our history, that they correspond to. So Yesod corresponds to Yosef at Sandik, and the, the part of the body is the bris, or the makom amila. And, you know, the, the, the midos and the tikkunim that can be applied here can as well be applied for women as well. Um, that is um, you know, because you know, in the past, you might recall, we've had shiurim where we talked about the association between the mitzvah of bris mila for a man and the halachos of nida for a woman. There's what to be um, said about all of these things, but we'll use the model of the male figure because the makamamila intrinsically is on the male body. And apparently, there's something about the bris, the makamamila, that represents the esod, the foundation of the of the human, and obviously that has spiritual connotations, perhaps even more so than any physical connotations. And we can talk about the tikkunim of of Shmira Sebris and how to work on things like Taras Mishpacha, which were things we've touched on in the past for Shovavim, which I had suggested actually corresponded to Sphira Omer a little bit. You know, the, the, the trek towards Kabbalah Satorah, the Tahara process. We even referenced the Or HaChayim. This connects to Nida, the Or HaChayim, who connects the, um, the, the cycle of Sphira Omer to the Shiva Nikiyim of a woman um, who becomes a Zava, or nowadays it becomes a Nida. The Nikiyim, the process of becoming clean, um, before reuniting with our beloved, before the the time of Kabbalah Satora. so there's what to be said whether um, you know for the for the bris or you know and for for men and women alike. But somehow again, this represents the foundation of of the human. Now the, these are you know the, the, there's plenty to be said about this area, and I want to just focus on um, the other areas that we've spoken about until now, which is how. The spheros, they all represent, um, you know, um, a balance. They are the, the balanced and perfect, precise human being, someone who has the best of all of these midos. And some of the spheros really just represent the modifiers and the qualifiers for previous midos or spheros. So, for example, we spoke about chesed and gevura, and we said that chesed and gevura um, which, um, you know, chesed um, we associate with positive and we associate with action and we associate it with love. And gvura would be the opposite. It's more about passive, it's more about withholding, more about tough love, not giving in um, in, terms of, in terms of giving leeway to chesed where it might not be as appropriate. Um, and Tafaris, we said, was the balance of the two. 
And then when we started learning about Netzach and Hod, we had said that Netzach and Hod, so the, these two were an, uh, maybe like a, a, a different degree of positive and negative. So we had suggested that Netzach, um, which means eternity or, or, more, or triumph, so the Midah um, can be described as endurance or resilience, and the idea being that it's keeping, or keep, it's where you keep going. You stay in the fight no matter what. And it's, you know, this could be when you're winning or even when you're losing the fight. But the point is it's about the continuity. It's about, it's about keeping to your routine, your spiritually positive routine, and just pushing through and persevering. Right? And so that, that we said, can be like a, a passive positive. Right? It's not about anything new that I'm doing. Right, so whereas um, chesed is positive, um, a- active positive, and gevura is passive negative, we said that netzach is passive positive, where I'm not doing any new actions per se necessarily, but I am keeping going of positive that I already have going. And we said hod is the reverse of that, that it's the active negative. That when we say hod, the the Grace and and um, splendor is a word that we t- we associate with Zephyrus, but the majesty of Hod is the graceful submission, the knowing the time to admit defeat, knowing the time to give in. And we said, and we spoke about a lot, plenty of that when it came to Lagba Omer. But the idea mainly being that there is a time where we actively lie our faces down and and submit. And knowing when to do that, when when you know in the longer run we'll be able to win the larger war, if um, at the right time we, we we lie face down. So when we come to Yisod, Yisod in the same way that Tiferes is the mediator and the balancing act between Chesed and Gevura, Tiferes which represents Rachamim, which represents MS, all the different ideas and Torah. So Yisod, which is the foundation of the individual represents the balance of Netzach and Hod. The balance of resilience and endurance on the one hand and submission and humility on the other hand. And the fact that it's associated with the bris immediately makes me think of the you know the Freudian psychological concept of the ego. You know you have the on the one hand you have the superego, on the other hand you have the id and we can also connect this to chesed and gevura as well, that maybe we might associate chesed more with the id of just, you know, um, just, just giving and giving and giving um, in terms of whether you're giving to yourself, you're giving to your inclination, you're giving to someone else's inclination. And the superego says, um, you know, says, whoa, 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 you know, we should all, you know, fight it off, fight it off. And in a similar vein, we have with Netzach. Netzach is the part of us that says, push, 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 keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. And Hod says, you know, um, give in, give in, be mavater. So when it comes to Yisod, and when it comes to the bris, this is a battle that we have to face as well. And usually when we associate, um, associate the Yisayon of the bris, you know, I would say that in general, the bris tells us to keep going, keep fighting, don't give in. When it comes to an Avera that compromises the Kedusha Sabris, so we typically say don't give in. But sometimes protection of that bris also manifests itself, you might say, in hod, in the majesty of submission. Now, where would that be the case? So it really depends which direction you're going in, right? So, for example, if, um, if it's the... 
the endurance, let's say, if it's the endurance of an individual and it's the hormones that are saying to activate and to pursue the impurification of your bris, so hod would be a formal also of withholding yourself. Hod would be, even though I have all this energy, but I have to, I have to submit to a higher authority. Right? That, that would be hod manifesting in a way that protects the bris. But on the flip side, you might say that hod is the part of me that, would, that might normally give up and say, I can't win the battle, and maybe I don't have the energy to go in the opposite direction. In which case, Netzach would tell you that fight the battle, use the energy to get yourself into a place of safety, right? So let, let, you know, let's say you know, you're a person is alone with, the, with their computer and they're feeling lazy and they don't want to move from their bedroom. So Netzach would say, get up, fight, go to the base madrash, carry your, you know, carry your body and lift your body up and go somewhere to where you're supposed to go and use the energy that you might use for one thing that's that, that would be a, an infiltration and a contamination of the Kedusha's abyss. Use it and fight against so that might be Natsach. So Yesod, being the ego, would represent the proper balance of those things. Right, because to have a proper foundation means that you won't, you know, you, you won't be imbalanced. Right, we, when we spoke about Tiferes, and this is where we have to try to be careful to understand the difference between Yesod and Tiferes, because they're both, you know, we said they're both um, mediators in a certain sense. So then what's the difference between Tiferes and Yisod. And in, in explaining this, you'll understand why I only brought up the model of the ego here and not by Chesed and Gevura. Because when it comes to Chesed and Gevura, the question of Chesed versus Gevura, um, of how you should employ yourself, right? Should you give Chesed to someone? Maybe they need Gevura, they need tough love right now. Or, um, you know, in the, in, the, in the flip side, I should withhold. Um, you know, I, I'm naturally inclined to withhold myself because maybe for myself I need this. And Chesed will say, "Hey, why don't you give him something?" And you have to always know when's the right way to use, you know, which one's the right one to use. When we talk about Chesed and Gevura, these usually can be associated with acts that I'm going to do for others, and it's usually something that requires you to look at the situation often. And it's, I think in, in a certain sense, we can say it, it can be less about you and more about the environment, more about the individual that you are engaging with. And you can look at the needs of that individual and the needs of that circumstance. But when we talk about Netzach and Hod, to me, these two Midos, which we've had the past couple of weeks, they speak to the individual's own ego, actually. Right, because the the um, you know if you if you have for example um, the a person's um, self worth, Netzach will say doesn't matter what I'm fighting for, but whatever it is, I can't give up, and that could be a good thing, that could be a bad thing, right? If a person is losing an argument and really they're in the wrong, they do not have the moral high ground. Netzach might say keep fighting, even though really you shouldn't, even though you should give in at this point, or. Um, you know, even though maybe you're right, but in the, really in this particular situation, the right thing to do is to give in and, and to suck in your pride, right? Let's say it's, a, it's in a, an argument, it's within a relationship or with Shalom Bias. So sometimes Netzach 
will lead you astray. And you might think, but listen, my, my, what about my pride? For the sake of my pride, I've got to fight with Netzach. So that's speaking more to about my own personal pride, my own ego, my own self-worth. And hod sometimes means that you have to lie down and to, you know, accept a loss here so that you can have a larger win later. And in that vein, sometimes hod, too much hod, can mean a lack of self-worth, a lack of self-confidence, and a lack of, of a willpower to push yourself when for yourself you need this. You may not even realize, but without foundation, without having a personal, emotional, and spiritual foundation, so then you won't put enough netzach necessarily to have any self-confidence to accomplish anything. Hod is great, when Netzach is leading you in the wrong direction. And on the other hand, Netzach is important when your hod is not allowing you to be motivated to do anything of substance and to be productive and to be, to be spiritually productive. So the sod of an individual, of their self-worth, their self-confidence, a person has to have a proper foundation. And the proper foundation says that I you know, I, I am who I am. These are, you know, the, this is my, my spiritual worth. And I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for any more pride. And on the other hand, I'm able, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm able to lie down and say and, and to accept a loss because I know what's most important. And on the other hand, I know when I shouldn't give in because the circumstances or my needs are such that I have to push because this is the goal that has to be accomplished. A person who has a proper foundation, right, he's not insecure and he's not overly confident, right? A person with too much hod might be insecure. A person with too much netzach might be overly confident. And maybe you could envision the reverse. But the point is a person who has a proper foundation is not going to be led astray by the Yetz Sahara that screams Hod or the Yetz Sahara that screams Netzach, but he's going to be properly balanced. And this, um, the, this I think, is what, what it means to have a foundation. It's, it's, it's not just, I, I like, like Tiferes, where I have the perfect precision, where I'm able to assess and know what's considered the right amount of treatment to give someone. Not too much tough love, but not too much, you know, not too much chesed either. So here... I think it's more about the individual having a foundation, knowing for himself, um, you know, how much um, to be fight to be fighting in the in the in the battle, and knowing what 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 is not putting in enough into that fight. So knowing how and when to to engage in that act of of eternality or continuity and resilience, knowing when to fight the fight, and versus knowing exactly when to submit yourself, when to be mavater, know when to engage in that act of self-nullification. And a person with a proper yisod will be able to figure that out. Okay, let's move on to the next of the seven Kinyane Torah, which is the other thing that we've been doing in this shir, is to look at Pirkeavos 6.6 and try to understand the acquisitions of Torah. Before we do that, let's do something that I neglected to do until now, and that is to thank our sponsors. We have Anonymous, Lili Nishmas, Shmuel Menachem, Ben Ari Leib, and Leah Bas Avraham. Their Nishamas should have an Aliyah. And 
Um, a thank you to Yona and Hani Laster on their second time sponsorship um, carrying us through various shiurim and weeks of shiurim. Anyone else who wants to donate can reach out to the database at gmail.com. That's the data than base, B E I S at gmail.com. And while we're here, I want to also dedicate this um, shear and, um, and future shiurim to not only the neshamos of those who fell um, you know, and lost their lives at the Mayron incident, but to the refuah shalema of those who are recovering, and to the menucha senefesh for the families who are still wondering about the fate of some of their children, and the nechamos of the families who are suffering from the the grief and the loss of their their children. So there should just be a general comfort and and um, and just a menuchas nefesh for all of Klai Yisrael. We should uh, see the end of all Galios. Now, when it comes to the Kinyane Torah from Perkei Avos 6.6, or Vav Vav, so one thing that we've been mentioning up until now is that there is a dual aspect to the Kinyane Torah, right? That each of the Kinyane Torah is in its own right, a treasure to acquire, right? When we say the Hebrew word kinyan, the Hebrew word kinyan can mean one of two things. Kinyan can be the thing that you acquire, or it could be the mode of acquisition, the way to acquire something else. And both of these meanings are true for the Kinyane Torah, such that each of the Kinyane Torah is a treasure in its own right that can be acquired through Asek Batorah, engaging in Torah study, Torah observance, these so the, these are the, all these treasures that Perkiavos mentions can can help you can be acquired through the engagement in Torah. Each one is a treasure in its own right. And on the other hand, to properly and fully acquire the Torah in its fullest and most appropriate sense requires the engagement in each of these um, Kinyane Torah, each of these midos and each of these practices that are mentioned among the Kinyane Torah, these are all things that are really required. These are different modes of acquisition of Torah. Each, um, each mode can help you acquire Torah in a uniquely different way. And to get Torah in its fullest sense requires um, a, a, a real engagement in each of these Kinyanim. So... Quite, quite similar to the idea that in Kemach in Torah, right? So when we say in Kemach in Torah, so what we mean, and, and we have the reverse, right? In Torah, in Kemach. So Kemach can be a way of acquiring the Torah. Right? If you have a Parnassah, then you'll have the means to be able to learn Torah. But on the flip side, in Torah, in Kemach, the, you know, if you don't learn Torah, then the Kemach means nothing. That the Torah, in a certain sense, justifies the Kemach, and it's, it's cyclical. Right, the, the the cycle is such that Torah gives justification to the Kemach. Kemach gives the ability to the Torah, and you need and you really need both. So each one can be viewed in its own right as as a means to something else, but it could also be viewed in a certain sense as as an end, something to be justified in its own right. Okay, so with that said. Hopefully, you know, that was clarified. We return to the, uh, the Kinyane Torah. This time we're looking at 36 through 42. And what we had said was that we started a new series of Kinyanim. Because some of the Kinyane Torah, you'll notice, 
they are, there are many series within the Kinyani Torah. So just to give you an example, as we run through the Kinyanim that we had up until now, starting all the way back from one in, uh, in the week of Chesed. So in the week of Chesed, the Kinyanim were Talmud, so there's Talmud Torah, Shmias Ozen, Arichas Vasayim, Binas Halev, Sichlas Halev, Ema, and then Yira. That was all the week of Chesed. In the week of Gevura, we had Anava, Simcha, Tahara, Shimash Tamid Echamim, Diktu Chaver, and Pilpul Tamidim, and Yishevadas. The week of Teferas, we had Mikra, Mishnah, and then we had the first series, which was the Miot series. There was Miot Schora, Miot Derech Eretz, Miot Tanug, Miot Sheina, Miot Sicha. Then in the week of Netzach, we finished off the Miot series. So in week four, we had the Mida of Miot Schok, then Erechapayim, then Lev Tov, then Emunas Chachamim, then Kabbalah Sisirin, then Makiras Mekomo, and then Sameach Bechelko. Then last week, which was week five, the week of Hod, we had Oses Siag Ledvarav. Then we had Eino Machzik Tov Laatzmo. And then we started the Ohev series, which began with Ahov being beloved oneself. We had Oeva Samakom, loving the omnipresent, Oeva Sabrios, um, which corresponded to Hod of Hod, that was the Lagwomer one, loving fellow creations. And then we had Oeva Satsadakos, and then Oeva Sameisharim. So Oeva Satsadakos, we said, was loving innocence or decency, or maybe even charity. Oeva Sameisharim was loving fairness, or maybe fair people, being straightforward, being Yashar. So the Ohev series continues this week with. The first Kenyan, Kenyan 36 of weeks, so the first Kenyan of week six, which is Kenyan number 36, and that is Ohev S. Hatochachos, loving reproof or loving rebuke. Now, I don't know if it's a coincidence, we try not to uh, assume that anything here is a coincidence, but this happens to be the week of Parshas Bahar and Bechukosai, which is the home and headquarters of the first Tochecha or Tochecha, the passage about reproof. Hashem setting us in our ways, telling us the right way to be and what can happen if we don't. The, the musr, the, the, the scolding, and in a certain sense, encouraging of Klal Yisrael. And the very first midah for Yisod, for the week of Yisod, having a proper foundation, is Oheves HaTochachos. Now, this, um, this is it's pr- so pretty awesome that that worked out. What I would say is we have to try to figure out, like we did last time that we had a series that started one week, and then the last, the last um, Kenyan and Mida of the series is really the, the beginning of the next week. So we had that for Miot Schok, which was in the week of Netzach, even though the rest of the Miot Kenyanim were in the week of Tepharis. We have to try to understand is why here we had the Ohev series beginning in Hod, and then only the last one um, is in the week of Yesod. And although, you know, it, it could be we're splitting hairs here and, me, and maybe we could make the argument that there isn't much here and we're, you know, we're, we're just looking for something that's not there. But if I would be able to suggest something, I would say that Ohi Mesotochachos is absolutely needed. It's when we think of the Chesed of Yesod, right, because uh, each of the Spheros has each of the Spheros in them. Right, because there's seven days for each sphera. So there's chesed of yesod, there's gvur of yesod. So for chesed of yesod, um, we might say that the, the, the ahava aspect of chesed, 
the importance of being able to do a chesed for yourself that'll help your foundation. So a person who has a good foundation and a person who wants to promote a better foundation is someone who is going to be open to reproof, someone who's going to be open to instruction and productive criticism that'll set him on his way. And that's something that most of us, especially in today's generation, we have a big struggle with, and that is to be able to properly accept hochacha or tochecha, let alone to love tochecha, right? This is, and this is where you need a chesed for yisod, because the, the again, we, we, we don't do well anytime someone says, ooh, can I give constructive criticism? So our immediate reaction is, yeah, sure, right? And in the inside we're saying, okay, I'm going to start crying once you say it. So we don't like to accept tochacha. And the truth is not a lot of, um, not a lot of um, criticizers themselves are good at giving the tochacha, um, issuing the reproof. That's a skill in its own right, which most people have not mastered by any sense, which is why some say that nowadays it's really hard and maybe there might not even be the mitzvah of just because none of us have the kalim to do it the right way. We don't have the, the, you know, the, the ability, the capacity to properly give reproof in a way that is um, you know, truly for the sake of helping others. Now, that might be true, and maybe that's a question that we each have to ask if we are going to be so brazen as to give someone else criticism. Right, especially before looking at the mirror ourselves, but at the very least, as recipients, right? Um, you know, even though we may tend to be sensitive, but a recipient should say, "Any opportunity I have to better myself, I should, you know, not take it personally." If someone has something that can, then I, that can make me better, maybe they don't have the best kavanos when they're criticizing me. Maybe they're doing it, and maybe they're being insulting. Maybe, and I have to be able to split that part away. You know, cut that part away and say, what about me am I lacking in? Can I be better through the instruction that this person is about to give me? And if you hear that you're about to receive constructive criticism, at the very least, take it with a grain of salt. But someone who loves tochecha, he's someone who would say, wow, an opportunity to get better? How can I not appreciate that? And, you know, and, you know we're... we're intuitively, we don't like to accept criticism, and we certainly don't want to have to say thank you for criticism. Um, you know, like if anyone if anyone has ever received muster and then been told to say thank you after, that could be very um, off-putting. But at the very least, to understand the hashkafa, that this is something that even if, forget whether or not someone's forcing you to say thank you for the reproof, but on your own, for you to be able to say, whoa, can I, can I possibly better myself? And does this person have a secret that can help me better myself? You know, to be able to learn from all people, like we know, the Chacham is the one who has made me call Adam. So that would be a great mida for us to work on, to be able to love Tocheicha. Okay, so that's the first of the Kenyan from today. And maybe equally important, maybe the other side of the same coin, is Mesrachik Min HaKavod. Right, to... Um, to run away from kavod, which is also a big one. Right? We talk about not being arrogant. We've spoken about that in the past, and we're going to talk about that in the next Kenyan. It's going to come up again. But we don't think of the extreme of running away from kavod. We think of maybe rejecting kavod, of saying, 
when someone wants to give us a kavod, we might say, oh, I don't need the honor, I don't need the honor, really, it's okay, right? You know, like, um, oh, you know, it's, it's the shul dinner, and they want to honor me. And we think of it as, okay, listen, say, it's a, you know, I really don't need it, please don't, you know, please don't give me the honor, whatever. But Misrachik is like, I'm going really, really far. And you have to be careful, right? Because, you know, you sowed at the foundation, you want to, have, you want to be properly balanced. And, you know, a kavod is a very big Sahara and it can lead people, you know, kavod can be motzi someone from the world, it can, it can lead someone in the wrong direction, he can lose his way. So you've got to be very, very careful with kavod. Misrachik is, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I'm out of here. And that, that, may, that means that maybe for the typical person, a, a kibud, which, you know, again, big Sahara, and sometimes it's hard to avoid. So, for example, if you're, you know, like, you know, I, I always think in terms of being a baltzvila because that's what I do. So if you're a baltzvila and they're about to give you a kibud, so there is a concept of refusing, but sometimes when you're the one for the job and, and like, you know, you're, you're the one that's desired for the job, so it's, it's difficult, and you have to try to work on your personal hashkafa and to be able to say, okay, listen, I'm doing this because the, apparently I'm the one that's needed for the job, and I'm just serving my purpose. You know, Lahavdil, um, on an even higher level, you know, if Moshe Feinstein said, I'm only writing my, 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 my Igros Moshe, I'm only putting out Svarim on Halacha because I'm there, you know, basically, I'm forced to. I'm being forced to because, you know, this is the, the tafka that I have to do, and if I didn't have to, I wouldn't, whatever. But uh, the, the idea is the, is the same, that Mishachim and Akabot, apparently, the baseline is to, ha- is to be very far away. Kind of similar to what the Rambam says about Anava, that even though, yes, you know, we all know that we have to have a certain amount of self-worth, but when it comes to the, the balance, so proper balance means to go on the very, very opposite extreme. From, uh, from, so from, from arrogance and from chaos, we have to go very far away, says the Rambam. In order to be on the golden path, apparently for those things, you've got to go to really, really the opposite extreme. So that's a little bit on Misrachik and Minakavod, so to run away from that. And the next one is Velo Megis Leib of So when we talk about being a Megis Leib, that, that means to be um, arrogant. And when it comes to Talmud, so when it comes to learning, when it comes to Torah, that is a place where if there's any place where arrogance would be appropriate, technically, theoretically speaking, it would be in Torah. It's the only commodity that is of real worth. Money is not of real worth, and there's nothing praiseworthy about money intrinsically. Um, and, and, you know, being good-looking and being strong, these are all things. They're all, they're all commodities in a certain sort, in a certain sense, and they can be used for good or for bad. But Torah is the holiest thing. And the more, the more Torah you amass, the better, the more you know, the more and we know that knowledge is power in, in the, in the, even in the secular world. But Torah is real, real, it's a real commodity. So when it comes to Torah, Torah is the only intrinsically valuable commodity of any kind. It's the only currency that's going to count in the Olam MS with Meisim Tovim, obviously. And it's something that if you were to brag about anything, it would be that. And yet, we assume that part of the Kinyane Torah is lo megis libo betamudo, that you're not arrogant with your learning. Um, sometimes we find the Lashon, the Gemarim Brachos, by being megis libo in terms of tefillah, that kind of flinging your tefillah at Hashem. In the same vein, we don't fling our Torah at people. It's one thing to instruct. It's one thing to give etzah to somebody. It's one thing to be mavaria or a halacha. It's another thing to be arrogant about your Torah, 
right? We know about the, you know, the, I don't know, I don't know the, it's hard to understand and relate to the extent of the lo nahagu kavod zebazeh when it comes to the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva, but certainly if they were not, if they, if they were not giving kavod to each other and maybe they were giving kavod to the Torah but not to one another, maybe, maybe it came from a place of being megas libo in terms of, uh, in terms of Talmud. That you you try to make everyone know that you you know you want everyone to know how much Torah you know. That's not a reason to give shir. You don't give shir just to show off your Torah knowledge. You don't become a rav to show off your Torah knowledge. It's about being able to help people. Maybe if anything, but you're not you're not megas libabatamuda. Okay, next Kenyan is eno samech behorah. And as we're going to see, you know, we keep on having um, Kenyanim that are really outgrowths of the previous ones. So, for example, we said someone who's oivas tochachos. So, the, and then we sorry, we said someone who's misrachik minakavod. He really runs away to the other end of the side of kavod. That same individual is not going to be megas libo in Talmud, right? That he is not going to fling his tefillas and be ar- his 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 Talmud Torah, and he's not going to be arrogant with his Talmud Torah because he's he's running in the opposite direction of kavod. So, in the same vein, he's eno samech behora. He does not rejoice. He does not take any particular pleasure in paskining. Paskining, if anything, is something that you do because you have to, assuming that you are ra'oi lehora'a, you're someone who is fitting and suitable to paskin halacha. But the person um, who has truly acquired Torah and one of the treasures that come with the Torah, and to acquire Torah properly, it has to be that you are not, that you don't rejoice in the opportunity to paskin. But again, it's something that you do because you have to. You, you don't paskin halacha to show off. You don't paskin halacha to get kavod. You don't learn Torah almanas that people should call you Rebbe. But you, you, and this is going back to what we said about Rav Moshe. He, you know, he, he said, you know, basically that he was kind of forced into doing it because there was no one, you know, there was, there was no one that was willing to um, let, let him slide in terms of doing it. Um, I don't know if his lashon was that there was no one else um, fitting to do it, because I believe he felt that there were people that were more fitting than he was. But he knew the halacha that he knew, and he had to pass them. So, you know, it's not something that you take pleasure in. You, 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 in fact, it's, it's a painful thing. It's a difficult thing sometimes to pass in. Okay, now we actually enter a new series. So this series I call the Chavero series, with Kenya number 40, 41, 42, and then moving on into the next set of Kenyanim as well, which obviously we're not going to get to today. We have a handful of Kenyanim that pertain to the relationship between one and his friends. And so just to start naming you some, the first one is going to be Nosebo Olim Chavero. Then the next one is going to be Umachriel the Kavschos, and it's Machrio, meaning him, who is him, the person that we were just talking about in the previous kin, Nosebo So the next one is going to be Umamido Ala Emes. And then there's going to be Umamido Ala Shalom. That's already going going into next week. It's Mamido Ala Shalom, which we'll have to see what all of these mean. Well, and we have Umisiyashiv Libo Betalmudo. And so I think really the next, um, the two Kenyan I'm going into next week are, are part of this series. So we'll have the first three at least of the Chavero series. The first one is a major one, No Seba Olam Chavero, which basically means you hold the burden with your friends. We saw this with Moshe Rabbeinu, who was No Seba Olam Chavero, when Moshe Rabbeinu would literally, um, according to the Midrash, he would help shoulder the burden when he was the prince of Egypt and he was, he was 
completely not in harm's way. He was completely not among those who would have had to work in Mitzrayim. But according to the Midrash, once again, he literally shouldered the burden by going underneath and helping the Bnei Israel lift the, the bricks for the pyramids and all of those things. So, it doesn't have to be to the extent that you necessarily literally put the burden on yourself. But if, if Klai Israel is at a time of Tzara, so maybe it means that you have a little bit less dessert. You know, something to show that you're feeling the pain with others. We know that there was an Isser Tash Mishamita on the Teva. Or during a during a um, during a uh, a famine, there's an iser of tash mishamita. Why? Because you you know you can allow yourself a little bit less pleasure when the world is in a time of tsara. So that's no save olam chavero. And again, a treasure that the more tar you have, the more that you you strengthen yourself in no save olam chavero. But also, obviously, part of truly acquiring the Torah is to be no save olam chavero. The next one of the Chavero series, which is on my list, Kenya number 41, is Machria Lukav Schus. Now, the term Lukav Schus we're certainly familiar with. We hear Dan Lukav Schus all the time to judge him with the benefit of the doubt. And maybe at first glance, that's what Machria Lukav Schus means. That you're going to judge your friend with the benefit of the doubt. Literally, it means Lukav Schus um, on the side of innocence um, or, or merit, really. Kaf usually means like when you think of, of the two cups on, on a scale. So the, the cup that we choose is the cup of schus. Whenever we can, we can judge him with the, with the benefit of the doubt to, give him, to judge him favorably. Now, I think that if we're being medayik very closely, it's more than that. The word machrio, which is a malashan of finding a proof for something, to be machria, which means to kind of resolve and not just to lean but to kind of choose a directive to almost, um, you know, when you have like a machlokas and you resolve a machlokas, the lashon is to be machria, right? Um, so machria means it kind of demonstrates, it proves what the case is. It's one thing to be down the kafschos to say, I don't know what the truth is, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lean on, on, I'm going to err on the side of merit for this individual. But to be machria the kafschos, um, is more about being malamed, not just being malamed, to find some kind of a merit, but almost to demonstrate his merit. Now, obviously, it's harder to do if he doesn't actually have the merit, but our our chiyav, and the Kenyan here, the treasure, is the person who knows more Torah, by the way. So he has this treasure of machri lekav because you know the ins and the outs. When you know more Torah, you have a better capacity to be able to know which kulos that he might be relying on, and maybe to have a a, a gemara cup to be able to decide that maybe even if you know it's not a kula that he's relying on, but you found a complete halacha or halachic scenario that completely allows him to do what he's doing, and you were able to be machri lekav and, you know, there are Gemaras that talk about this. Sometimes you'll be surprised to find out that your Limud Schus was actually correct. And you should have never accused him in the first place. So, Machir Lekav Schus, not only that, true um, to acquire Torah requires this ability to be Machir Lekav Schus. Because, again, to, acquire, to, have that, um, to, um, to be able to have that skill, to look at a circumstance, look at what looks like the worst circumstance, so someone with a Gemara cup and to truly be able to attain Torah requires that you're able to look at that situation, be able to find all the ins and outs, and to be able to overturn the stones, to be able to determine 
maybe where there's schos here. And the last one for today is ma'amido ala emes. Another thing that you could do for your chaver, for your friend, is ma'amido, to stand him ala emes, on, on, on the truth. Now, this sounds to me like someone who might be in spiritually harm's way, he does not know the right direction, but when you are ma'amido ala emes, when you stand him and you position him, on the on the path of truth, right? It almost sounds like the you know getting him on the derech. You can't force him to walk, or you can't force him to walk on the derech emes. But you could be ma'amid him. You can stand him up. You can support and you can help position him for truth. And obviously, the emes refers to the derech Torah, refers to the Torah mentality, the Torah lifestyle, the Torah hashkafa. And you could have someone who's completely lost, and you would not be a good friend if you just you know leave him to be the way he is. Or if you look back in the mafarshim on chaver tov, back in that earlier mission, which was talking about the different paths a person should choose for himself, we spoke about lev tov, uh, which was like the best of all of them, which is also one of the kinyan Torah. But by chaver tov, a chaver tov was someone who was going to be able to tell his friend that he's doing the wrong thing. This is the right way to do it. We spoke about reproof a little bit earlier. But, but, the, but the Indian is the same. The Indian, to be mamed someone on MS, means to be able to show them what the true path is, where they should be going. And that really takes us through the week of Yesod and all of the Kenyonim for this week, which was once again, Oevas Tochachos, Misrachik Minakavod, Lomegis Liba Betalmudo, Eino Simech Behora, Nosei Beolim Chavero, Machriel Dekav Schos, and Mamido Ala MS. And of course, Yesod, the idea of the balance of the foundation of the individual, working between Netzach and Hod, between resilience and submission. Um, hopefully we have plenty to work on this week and we have a, have a derech for it. And Bezra Hashem, next week we'll pick up with the final week, the week of Malchus, which is an incredible sphere in its own right that we have a lot to talk about as well over there. In the meantime, um, thank you for joining us here at the Sphere Series and thank you for joining us here at the Database.